Welcome to the Love Lab podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single or couple, this is the show for you because, well, sex matters. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Céline Rémy. All right. Welcome back to the Love Lab podcast. And this is episode 43. And it's titled Phrases That Can Destroy Your Relationship. So two episodes ago, we had Scott Thomas on. And one of the things that Scott's really famous for is helping couples with communication. And so we've kind of been on this communication theme lately. Part of the reason for that is because it's really like, it's kind of the number one thing that we see that goes wrong with couples. They just... They just either don't have the tools to communicate effectively or they make all the wrong mistakes. And so in this episode, we thought that it would be really great if we kind of analyzed some of the common phrases and things that, that couples say and give you what not to say <laughs> and then help you figure out how to say it in an effective and compassionate way. Well, here's the thing. It's really difficult to change some things that you're not aware of. And those little things that people say are very pervasive. It's part of just the culture. It's part of how they grew up. And then it's it, they don't even realize it's happening. And so what we want to bring here is to bring the light onto those phrases that are toxic. And ultimately, they literally can kill and destroy your relationship. Now, once we bring the light into it, we're not going to stay there and be like all crappy and stuff. No, because that's not who we are. We love to bring a good dose of positivity into everything we do. And I'm sure you know this if you've been listening to the Love Lab for a while. So then we will give you like things to, you know, help you like how to transform that. Now, I want to give you a little word of caution. Now you're going to be aware of what you might be saying. Don't beat yourself up if you've said those things. Even if you've said them today, just, you know, have compassion. Remember having empathy and it starts with yourself. And if you are, I'm going to say guilty of saying those sentences a lot or expressing your way in such a, in those, in those ways, then pick one at a time. Pick your battles. It's going to be too difficult to be like, oh, I don't know anymore how to speak or what to do. And, you know, if you do still say one of these things, then be okay. And it's all right to be like, let me rephrase that. That's not exactly how I meant to say it. And you can make yourself a little cheat sheets and things like that. So again, be gentle and loving with yourself. Yeah, and it's it's a process, right? <laughs> it, it it takes time to change habits. It does. So the key really is to be aware, mm -hmm. to see when things, you know, when you're making these mistakes, and then do your best to change them. With enough practice, over time, you'll get better at it. <laughs> and just one last thing that I would love to add, too, is that I don't think most people really understand how these little tiny repetitive negative things mm -hmm. build up over time. Mm -hmm. And and so when we give you some of these things on the list, you might think, well, that's not really that big a deal. Mm -hmm. And by itself one time, it's not that big a deal. But said over and over and over again, combined with all the other little things over and over and over again, they really do have a big impact on the relationship. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, come on, now you're just, it's semantics. It's actually not. 
And energetically, <laughs> it builds up over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's dive into this and let's look at our very first way of expressing yourself that, you know, most people do. And uh, anytime you start a sentence and tell your partner, you always or you never. <laughs> <laughs> we started with this one because it's, it's probably the most common one, uh, not just as what's said, but you've probably heard this one before. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing really in this world that's always or mm-hmm. never. And this is kind of one of those ones where people are like, well, yeah, obviously I didn't mean every single time ever in existence. <laughs> but even though that's not what you meant, that may not be how the other person hears it. Because the first thing the other person thinks when they hear that is, well, no, there's at least three times that I didn't do that. <laughs> even if you're talking about a set of a thousand times, the thing they hear is, no, there were, there were at least three times that I didn't do that and she's full of shit or he's full of shit, right? <laughs> so the problem is, is that it instantly makes people defensive. Yes. And then they don't hear anything else that you say. Of course not. When you're hurt, you're like, this is not going to fly by me. First of all, no, I'm hurt. I'm triggered. And most of the time, we want the other to hurt as much as we do. Even if it's not quite conscious, we're like, how can I say something back to, you know, as a payback to what they just did? <laughs> you know, and that's a behavior. If I, could, if I could leave a legacy in this world and I was only allowed to teach one thing... That would probably be on my, my, like, if I'm trying to narrow down what that one thing, it's like on my top five list. This behavior of wanting to intentionally hurt somebody back because they hurt you. It is one of the most destructive behaviors ever. And we watch it in practically every movie. Mm-hmm. Even the movies that are supposedly more conscious movies. <laughs> we watch this terrible behavior. If somebody says something to hurt you, what do you think the likelihood is of getting them to be nice to you if you also then intentionally do something to hurt them? Uh, none. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so this whole idea of like, if you want something, if you want to get mm-hmm. something, then you want to do or create whatever circumstances that are going to give you the best chances of getting what you want. Mm-hmm. Hurting somebody intentionally because they said something mean to you is basically... It's going to get you the exact opposite of mm-hmm. what you want. And this is a tricky one. So I was remembering, do you remember that time we went out of our way to go uh, dispose our toxic wastes to the disposal place? And it was like, <laughs> like it was a 25 minutes drive away from our house. I know it's not such a big deal, but you know, it's only open on Saturday mornings. Yeah, and for like three hours yeah. and it's uh, far away. It's like you really have to go out of your yes. way to so, do something good for the environment. So, okay. So Kevin had collected collected all the paints and stuff we didn't use anymore from our uh, from our garage. We were ready. We had that box. I had been sitting in the garage for a while. We're like, okay, this Saturday is the day. So we go out of our way and we go to that place. We arrive there. And then uh, first of all, there's like a uh, stop sign, which Kevin stops at. And then he moves forward. And then the guy goes like, no, no, no. Like he, he waves and makes Kevin drop, like pull the window down. And it's like, sir, you have to stop, wait and wait. Cause there's like a line over there and you're not supposed to move forward. And it's kind of like, you know, like my reaction to that was, how am I to know? We did the stop. There's nothing that says, wait until the line is clear. It just says stop. So you do your three second stops and you move forward. And so that's the first trigger. And I'm kind of like, 
like already boiling. Kevin's super polite, pulls back. And then by the time the guy finishes, actually, we don't even have to pull back because the one that was in front is already gone. So we move forward. And then you have to give them your, your ID with your address. And they read our address, but they don't read it proper. And they think we live in a different area. And they're like, oh, no, you can't dispose your, your wastes here. And, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like I'm already like about to kill his, like, chop his head off, basically. And uh, Kevin's, like, super nice. And he's like, yeah, why don't you go inside and verify? This is not this, it's that. He repeats the address. And one of the guys goes into the house and then comes back and says, yes, this is it. This is good. So this is the whole premise to that. And I'm like, okay. As we leave, I, I, I tell Kevin, I'm like, how did you manage not to... I was like, my reaction to that was... Honestly, I wanted to say some mean names and be like, do your F job, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, we've been sent here. Now grab a hazardous waste box and be done with it. We live where we're supposed to live. This is right. You're like a moron. And and that's when Kevin told me, like, go ahead. Because <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> well, I don't remember the exact words I said, but the basic gist of it was was that we had a certain outcome that we wanted. Mm -hmm. And the outcome that we wanted was we drove all the way over here. We <laughs> saved up all this stuff. We wanted to do something good for the environment. And the outcome that we wanted was we wanted them to take that stuff. We were not <laughs> leaving that facility with that box of stuff. It was staying behind. And so, you know, I just had to do what I thought was going to give me the best outcome of that. Mm -hmm. So we had some very low-level workers who were very much power tripping on the rules and the procedures and all this stuff. And rather than getting in their face and letting them know how ignorant they are and that they are absolutely 100% wrong, that wouldn't have gotten us anywhere. Yeah. So instead, I just said to let them do their little ego power trip. You know, let them, you know, force the rules and just politely make sure that you guide them in the direction that you know that they need to go. Yes. And then we, we got what we wanted. So. And, and that's really what you did. That's what I learned from there was like you guide the people where you want the, in the direction you want to go. So when you're saying you always or you never, is that really the direction you want to go? Or are you trying to say, hey... You know, for the past two weeks, you've been short with me. And maybe yes, because, you know, maybe that person is under a lot of stress at work or the kids or whatever it is. But don't make it, you always are short with me. Just put it like, really put it as it is. It was in the first two weeks. Yeah, well, it's weeks. one, it's good to quantify it a little bit better rather yes. than just always or never. But the other thing is, is to keep it relevant into the now or the, you know, the near now. In other words, you know, yes. if you've been together for five years and you say you always, now you're implying that this has been happening the entire five years that you're together. Now, the problem with that is the person on the other end probably isn't going to remember anything more than maybe a couple of months. Maybe <laughs> if they have an amazing memory, they remember doing this a year ago, but they're not going to remember it. So right away, it, it triggers them as, no, this can't possibly be true. Mm -hmm. So just keep it into the relevant time frame, the more immediate time frame where, where as Celine said, hey, you know, for the last two weeks, I've noticed that you've been short with me. Mm-hmm. Rather like, than the, you're always short with me. Exactly. And <laughs> then, you know, you can always start a sentence with, wow, I'm hurt or I'm sad, I'm angry, I'm disappointed. Like 
own something. Like, don't start your sentence by you. Because when you point a finger at somebody, there's basically three fingers pointing back at you. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next one. The next one is another big one. Mm-hmm. I told you so. <laughs> I told you so. Look everybody's right at certain times and everybody's wrong at certain times. And when you're the one that's wrong, the last thing you want to hear from the other person is, I told you so. Yeah, but I want to share something too about our relationship is in, in our relationship, I've been okay with saying why you were right. And I tell you this actually quite often, which implies that I was wrong, but I'm just changing it, not saying I was wrong, I'm saying you're right. (laughs) Yeah, but here's the the beauty in that. Let me tell you why that works so well, is because we all want validation when we're right. Mm -hmm. We just do, you know, Mm -hmm. some want more than others, but we all like to be acknowledged when we were correct. Mm -hmm. Now, if the other person never actually acknowledges you when you're correct, you have this burning desire to say, I told you so. <laughs> but when you are correct and the other person says, you know what? You were absolutely right. Thank you so much. You don't have that desire anymore. I, I'm just realizing this now as we're having this conversation. I never say I told you so. No. But I also never have the desire to say I told you so. It's not like I'm sort of biting my tongue because I don't really want to say it because I want to keep our communications, you know, happy and positive. I don't even think about it. Uh-huh. Because when those situations arise, what you usually say to me is, oh, wow, yeah, you were totally right. Yeah, and usually I end up with a thank you. So that's a way to turn this into an appreciation. So if you constantly appreciate each other and acknowledge when somebody takes a good step and a good action... You don't need to get to that place of, I told you so. It doesn't build up to that. And let's be honest, we all make mistakes, okay? We're human beings. And I mean, I'm sure sometimes like you're watching your partner do something silly and you're like, I told you so, or whatever, I've told you this three times. But sometimes we just need to learn our own lesson. And it is your job as as your significant other, you know, sometimes there's something again and again to just be like, I love you and I accept you all the way that you are in all the different ways. And that's it. <laughs> yes. All right. We've, we've got a bunch more on our list okay. and I want to get to one that I've personally experienced quite a lot. Um, <laughs> and I know a lot of other people have too. And it might not be one that you've seen on other lists. And it is ultimatums. If this doesn't happen by X, then Y, right? And so I've personally experienced this in relationships where I had a partner said, if we're not married by a certain date, then I'm out of here. Or if we're not living together by a certain date, I'm out of here. Or if you don't do this by then, then blah, blah, blah. Ultimatums are never good. No. One, they put a ton of pressure on the other person. (laughs) But two, it's basically going to instantly trigger them. Yes. And so if we look at the dynamic of the masculine feminine dynamic here, um, this is such an important lesson for all the women listening here. I know sometimes we want something to happen. And sometimes we are the one who do want to move the relationship forward a little bit faster. We might be the one who want to move in or, or, or get married or have kids before our man is ready. And in 
because we know it's so right, we want to make this happen. It comes from a good place. But every time we do that, we actually step into more of our masculine energy. And instead of of bringing our partners, our men closer towards us, we push them away with that behavior. And this is a whole learning that we have to do where we need to get very good at asking for what you want, stating our needs. It's very feminine. It's very beautiful. But of letting go of the how and the when and letting him choose when he is ready. And if you do love your man, you can just learn to be patient. A girlfriend of mine has been with her boyfriend for seven years. She was very much ready to be married, and she said so. They're young, she's in her mid-twenties, and so it's a little, you know, early. And basically, she just held the container of, you're my man, I want to be married and I'm going to wait until you're ready. And he did. He did get there on his own. So she didn't pressure him into that. And I think that's why now the whole engagement is going well for them and that they're having so much fun with it. Yeah. And the the thing is, if you want a certain outcome and that outcome isn't happening, there's probably some sort of a reason Mm -hmm. that it's not happening. And so rather than setting the ultimatum and just putting your foot down and saying this needs to happen by then, you'd be much better served in figuring out what's in the way, Mm -hmm. right? So like from my own personal experience, when I was confronted with those ultimatums, I said it has nothing to do with timeframes for me. I said, I don't care how long it's been. It could be a month. It could be 10 years. What's important to me is where are we at in our relationship? Because it's not about living together. It's not about getting married. It's about what are we co-creating and where are we at? Mm -hmm. Are we at a place where it's actually the right thing and the right time for us or not? So had she at that time, you know, brought the subject to me in that way, it would have been very different than simply laying down an ultimatum. Mm -hmm. So get, get at what's underneath it. Yes, and speak up your needs because in that conversation, you were able to say, this is what I need for us to be able to move in together. Mm-hmm. And you laid down the things. I wrote a whole list. Okay, there you go. And then the person could choose because then that can also be a very good conversation to realize that you both are moving into different directions and what you want may not be the same and that the relationship might be better off like if you if you not don't stay together. So... Get clear on what's underneath it rather than being stuck with the ultimatum. Oh, you just gave us a segue into the next one. All right. Yes, you might have said that one. I know I did in my younger years. You know the, maybe we should just break up. (laughs) Sorry, I have to laugh when I hear this one. That is so bad. Underneath you like, and then oftentimes say, oh, I didn't mean it. Too late. Too late. The person heard the words. We have witnessed this and I have experienced this Mm -hmm. personally multiple times throughout my life. You have an argument or a disagreement about something or something (laughs) isn't quite the way you want it to be. And the default reaction is, well, then maybe we should just break up. Yeah. That is basically like sticking a dagger in the heart of your relationship. Mm. Wow. I felt that one. And here's the thing. I mean... Is it really what you truly think underneath and then you just don't don't know how to express yourself and you're blurting it out? 
But if it's not, why would you even go there? Why would you start to open the door? And my bigger question is, are you really fully in to that relationship? And because what I've noticed is people who say, well, maybe we should just break up or maybe this is not working out. We should start dating other people. They have not committed to the relationship 100%. So they have one foot in, one foot out. And there's the projection onto the others, and that gives them the excuse of having that one foot in, one foot out. And so I invite you, if you have said that, if you find yourself in that situation, to take a really good, honest look at uh, where you are. Are you two feet standing, facing your partner? Are you fully in, or are you in between? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then honestly don't say it until unless you mean it and it could be like hey here's something to say if you want to say maybe we should just break up just say i can't do this anymore i need a break give me an hour because that's really probably what you need yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with all that and i think a lot of times when that is said it is also said because they just want to hurt the other person because they know if they threaten to break up it's going to really hurt the other person so as we talked about at the very beginning of this podcast don't ever say things just to hurt somebody no we'll just repeat that one more time <laughs> okay <laughs> number five i'm sorry but Keep your butt away from my face. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so people are thinking, all right, well, what's wrong with that? You know, because sometimes you are sorry and you still need to express something. The problem is, is that when you say, I'm sorry, but anything that comes after the but completely obscures anything that came before the but. <laughs> This is actually like classic NLP right here. Mm -hmm. If you've ever taken any neurolinguistic programming, they talk about this stuff too. Um, they're not going. By the time you get done with whatever came after the but, they're not even going to hear. They don't even remember what you said yeah. before the but, which means the the I'm sorry is lost. So keep your I'm sorry is I'm sorry and own it. I'm own sorry it. I stepped on your toes. I'm sorry I interrupted you. Give it a pause. Be okay to be in the uncomfortable because oftentimes you put the butt because it's so uncomfortable. You have to acknowledge that you hurt your partner and it probably was not on purpose. And so saying this, I'm sorry or forgive me, I apologize, I was a douche. And get the ever the chance to say yes and thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you, when you attempt to explain why, don't say but it's because, you know, just say, well, I had this need or I felt hurt or I mm -hmm. felt this or, you know, start to take, take some take ownership responsibility. for it, you know. Yes. I was so stressed. I'm sorry. I let it go so bad. Yeah. You know, and I'll do better in the future. Now, here's one that um, <laughs> is a classic one in the dynamic that you see. So... You're at home and then things didn't get done. And so you go to your partner and you get, I told you to insert whatever it was, wash the car, dry the dishes, put the laundry away, whatever. Pick I, up the kids. Uh-huh. Yes. Get some milk. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I told you to. Like, this is so patronizing. This is like going back into the dynamic of, uh, child's parents, which is not serving your 
relationship and your like polarity and your like great sex dynamic. It puts you into mother-child or, or, or father-child and it's it's not healthy in that sense. And nobody wants to hear that. Hey, here's the thing. I know when I fell short. I know when I didn't do what I said I was going to do or, or like, and I beat myself up enough. I really don't need Kevin to like add a sugar coating on it and a cherry on top because I'm doing <laughs> a really good job on my own. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure that most people are like that. We are masters at like beating ourselves up. And there's so many better ways to say it, right? Mm -hmm. So if it's, if it's, they didn't take out the trash rather than saying, I told you to take out the trash. Why didn't you take out the trash? You could say something more along the lines of, hey, remember the trash needs to be taken out. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And if you can make it even sexy, you know, um, like the other day with the compost and said, oh, this compost is ready to burst for you, Kevin. <laughs> that's, that's the advanced level. That was Celine's uh, very nice and fun way of letting me know that I did say I would take the compost out earlier and I hadn't done it yet. <laughs> exactly. And I had cooked like a storm in the kitchen and I could not close the lid on that compost and I was like I need to let him know it needs to happen now but I honestly have to say the way you said it was this compost is ready to burst I, you made it kind of <laughs> sexual which made it fun too but but we both laughed about it and I was like oh yeah right and then I went and I took the if you had said I told you to take out the compost now it's overflowing I would have instantly been pissed off. Instantly. <laughs> so, so remember that. Exactly. Be irresistible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next one on the list. Uh, this is another one that we hear a lot. Somebody, you know, two people get into an argument. They're not agreeing. And then finally one of them says, do whatever you want. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do care. If you didn't care, you wouldn't be so damn upset about it. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> the only time you can say whatever you want, my love, is in that tone. Where it's like, I trust you. I respect you. Just do your thing. You hear the difference. Whatever you want, my love. Perf like, rather than... Yeah, do whatever you want. I don't care. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, is so if you break down that, that sentence, it's basically, you know, whatever the thing is that you wanted them to do that they didn't do, mm -hmm. you're saying, well, fine, you can do it however you want to do it because I don't care. But what the other person really hears on the other end is that you don't care about them. Mm. And that's why this is such a bad one to say mm -hmm. because it... It's really heard and interpreted on the other side as I don't care about you or what you do, yeah. as opposed to I don't care about that thing that we're talking mm -hmm. about. Um, and so you just don't ever want to you don't ever want to have that feeling or that you don't want them to feel like mm -hmm. you don't care about them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everybody. I mean, everybody wants to matter, so that's a really really important one. And and really, I mean. The way it could go, it'd be like, you know, I really, I don't mind. Whatever you choose will be fine with me, you know. And again, it's about the tone of voice, but it's about taking, if you are in that space that you are going to be so triggered, then take a break and just be like, I'm not in a place where I can decide right now. Yeah. I'm too highly charged. 
pause. Remember, slowing down. Slowing down. If it's escalating and if it's going too far, you're about to explode. You slow things down. Take a step back until you can come back. Watch your partner in the eyes and have compassion. Yeah, and I know some people listening are thinking, well, I I really do care and I don't want them to do it that way. So that wouldn't really be the appropriate response for me. And it's not so much that you have to say, however you want to do it is perfectly fine. That might be a good response, Mm -hmm. but you might also say, you know, my preference would be Mm -hmm. for you to do it this way. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many softer ways that you can say it rather Mm -hmm. than whatever you, I don't care. (laughs) And so again, like anything with just a sentence, whatever, it feels like a, something that a teenager would say. Like, really? Yeah, and the problem with, you know, when, when two people have a discussion or an argument and then somebody finally just says whatever, it basically dismisses the other person's entire point of view. Mm-hmm. It's massively dismissive. If you just say whatever, you're basically saying... I'm dismissing you. I don't care about what you have to say. I'm not going to listen to you anymore. And I'm not even going to try to work on this. Mm -hmm. It basically says in one word, absolutely everything you should never say. (laughs) Wow. So we have two more that are pretty deep that we want to cover. One, if you go and you go, but you say that... um, I don't know, like whatever it is. Or you say something like, you are the one who said this. And so you're basically trying to put words into their mouth that they may not even have said. And so when you are saying, but you said that um, it was fine to do it this way. You said that I should go out. And you're like, are you sure? Are you projecting? Is it what you wanted to hear? Yeah, and, and this one is so big because... when somebody says something, words come out of their mouth. (laughs) They have to go across some sort of medium. Maybe that medium's the air. Maybe it's a phone or a text message or an email. But they go across some sort of medium. They're received on the other end by an individual. Then it has to be processed. And so there's a couple of places along that path (laughs) where the signal can get kind of scrambled. And honestly, I have... Personally, experienced this so many times with partners where, you know, and I'm just going to make up a uh, uh, just totally fictional scenario, but I say, you know, this desktop is black. Mm-hmm. And we have a whole discussion about it where we're arguing. And then I come to find out uh, later on that they're like, well, of course we don't agree because this, you said the desktop is white. And I'm like, wait, what? That's <laughs> not what I said at all. And you know that you clearly said the word black, mm-hmm. but what they heard on the other end was white, right? Mm-hmm. And so the problem is saying, but you said. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that's not actually what they said. Maybe that's what you actually heard. Mm-hmm. And so the way to turn that all around is to say, so what I heard you say was... Mm-hmm. And if you haven't listened to how to navigate your emotional triggers in your relationship with our episode two episodes ago with Scott Cadmus, he demonstrates that very well in terms of, so what I heard you say and like reflecting, it's a reflection, it's not a projection. And it's so much more fun. When I started learning that, the... Uh, It took my ability to listen to a totally new degree because I was like, I want to get this right. I'm kind of a perfectionist. So I was like, okay. And sometimes if the sentence is not, I go like, okay, pause. 
if I heard you correctly, what you're saying is this. Is that correct? And then they go like, yes. Okay, now continue. Because if there's too much information, I can't remember everything. And I want to make sure I hear everything and the person feels heard. I mean, there's so many benefits to this. Mm -hmm. The the first one is that you get an opportunity to get some clarifying information, Mm -hmm. right? So, and then, and then the second one is, is that it really demonstrates that uh, you're listening and mm-hmm. you're trying to listen and you're listening with the intent of understanding, <laughs> which is a whole lot different than listening with the intent to respond, <laughs> which is what most people do. Yes. They're just sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting. Are they going to slow down? Are they almost done yet? <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see, give them my point of view. Right? <laughs> so, you know, you're really, it demonstrates that you're listening with the intent of wanting to really understand the other mm-hmm. person. And the last, last but not least, here's the thing. When our words are like spells, right? They catch, like, we can give so much through our words. There's so much that can be conveyed. And so anytime you start you and put anything negative, you are a bad father, a stupid man, a silly girl, or whatever that is, even if they're jokes, it's... It, it basically breaks down the person. From now on, if you only take one thing away from this entire podcast, the only thing you are allowed to say after a you are is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> is you are fantastic. Is something positive. An appreciation. Appreciation, exactly. You're amazing. You're fantastic. You're the best husband. You're, You're the so best wife. Sexy. You're so sexy. <laughs> appreciation. Yes. yes. Appreciation. You're the best. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting so juicy and hot. Oh, my goodness. See that? We just threw out a couple of words. It's already getting steamy in here. <laughs> <laughs> give those a try. Remember, um, build up your partner with appreciation. Don't, like, break them down. So always add appreciation, positive things. Take responsibility and... Always assume the best and try to understand rather than blame and, and, you know, stop yourself in your track. If you start going down a road that's not where you want it to go, stop yourself and course correct. Yeah. And remember, this is by no means an exhaustive list of all of the bad uh, (laughs) phrases and statements that people make that are hurting their relationship, but it's a good example of some of the common ones. So see in your own life and in your own relationship where you could fine-tune things, where you could change the way you say things to improve your relationship. All right, that's all the time we have for this episode. We hope you got great value, and we will see you next week. We hope you liked this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoyed this show, leave a comment and share it with your friends. And if you want more, we have an entire digital library with the best sex tips and relationship advice at CelineRemy.com. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y.com. So join us in the sex vault to continue this adventure. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing. <laughs>